from NPR and WNYC, coming to you from beautiful Brooklyn, New York. It's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. So what have you been up to lately? I just uh, I I just spoke to my uh, to my uh, to my dad. Yeah. Uh, and uh, did the regular update, you know, what do you what are you watching on television? What's <laughs> how's how's the weather where you are? That's sort yeah. of thing. And yep. the and the dreaded the question that I now dread, which is uh, how are the kids doing? Ah, uh, right. Because it's the you know, it's uh they're fine. They're they're fine. Thriving. <laughs> thriving. <laughs> thriving. Thriving. I've never seen them happier and more stimulated. <laughs> I mean, what am I going to say? They watch too many screens. Yeah. Uh, they're tired of uh, the endless slog of every day feeling the same. But, you know, if I may, and I've only had very limited experience with this, because people do ask, you know, how's your son? And the answer to how is your kid doing is great. Yeah. End of story. End of story. I'm going to start making stuff up. I'm going to start being like, oh, they're amazing. They have gotten really into day trading and they, I don't know, they really have a sense for stock picks and they've made a ton of money and we're very rich because of our children's day trading. So it's going great around here. And you know what? They're, and they do it with no method, just willy-nilly. No, no, no method. Yeah, I did say because my son actually is making little comic books. This is this is very basic stuff. It's dinosaurs um, fighting robots, you know. So I did say to my sister, who said, "How's Lucas doing?" I said, "Oh, he's writing books." <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> he's written three books. And you know what she said after that? What? Oh, and how are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it proved my point. <laughs> Oh, I did the thing where I ran into a na- an old neighbor on the street, and they said, "How's Lucas?" And I had a fresh video of Lucas, and I subjected them oh, to watching it. I did it, and I felt I felt bad about it afterwards. And then you know what I felt after that? It's fine. Good for you, Ophira. Subj- <laughs> this is what you do. This is yeah. part of being a parent. If if people don't walk away going, "Why did I have to watch that video?" You didn't do your job. You didn't do your job. Exactly. No. You you, you got to have a little pride. A little pride in your kids. Everybody look at my kids. Uh, But Jonathan, seriously, I care. How are your kids doing? Oh, they're great. From the mass singer and the masked dancer, the hilarious Ken Jeong joins us for a music parody about the 90s. But which 90s? Plus, we'll play games with stars from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and comedians Cameron Esposito and Beth Stelling. So let's get started. Our first two contestants star in the musical series Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which airs Tuesdays on NBC. And in the show, the characters' innermost thoughts are expressed as pop songs. Skylar Aston and John Clarence Stewart, welcome to Ask Me Another. Hi there. Hello. Hello, Skylar. Hello, John. What's up? John, I love that you're in your car. Unless that's <laughs> the best virtual background of all time. Oh, it's definitely my car. It's uh, definitely, my, <laughs> definitely my car. It's definitely my car. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice, quiet place. Uh, and uh, Skylar, you are you wherever you are again, unless that is the most amazing virtual background. It looks like you are in an undisclosed location. That's right. <laughs> I'm in. I, I, I'm in my bunker. Yeah. I'm actually. Yeah. Blake, if you're okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. Okay. Good. 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 Okay. But go, I go, did go. learn that this locks from both sides, so you know we'll, we'll stay away. Oh, from perfect. The really yeah. interesting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Safety. Yeah. So, and John, I feel, you know, I was uh, watching some interviews uh, that you've done, and I feel like, you know, many actors pursue acting, but I think this is right to say that acting actually pursued you. Yeah. My career and my life in acting has been from the genesis. It was um, uh, my senior year in high school, following my friend Chris Dillette after a math class to an audition, and Coop, the high school drama teacher, asked me if I sang, and I said no. And then she asked me to sing Happy Birthday, and I said, okay. And then she put me in the show, and it turned out to be Once on this Island, and I played Papa Gay. So, like, the hey. first thing that I ever did 
<laughs> was this high school production that I wasn't intending to do. And it wasn't until I auditioned for Kaiser Permanente. They had an educational, a preventative educational program um, that traveled around to boys and girls clubs and YMCA's where I played the character one, be healthy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what were it, What were the topics? Hold on. What were the other character names? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Juan be healthy. Um, his co his co partner was crispy broccoli. Okay. Um, sure. Crispy okay. broccoli, and then we did one on the ABCs of <laughs> asthma. And <laughs> I wild. I, hey, hey. Here's the thing. You get in the way you get in. My thing Hell is, yeah. The, the first it was the first acting job that ever paid me. And then I thought, um, it's my first time inside of a community of actors that made a life of it. And it wasn't until a few other sequences of, you know, events that yeah. took me to New York years later. So, yeah. Right. And now you, this, you know, we're talking about season two of this series, uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which I would imagine from the point of view of an actor is one of the most demanding television roles because... You're not just acting. You're also dancing. Uh, you're also singing. There's choreography. It's not just one genre. It's every genre. It's every kind of style. And it's television, so it's moving fast. Yeah, I think that, that um, that's kind of like the blessing of uh, our show. And at times, I, not, not going to lie, like frustrating because it's nobody's fault, but it's just it sometimes feels like, oh, my gosh, could, could I please know what I'm doing tomorrow? Is it dancing? <laughs> you know, really, I mean, it, things are changing. Yeah. Things change in the film industry. And then, you know, you, there's other elements of production, pre-production and post-production that we're not a part of making demos, tracks, finalizing the playback. It's not ready. Mandy actually got pulled to a big group number. So your solo number's got to go. We lost a location and all the dominoes that then fall there. So yes, frustrating at times, but at the end of the day, completely rewarding. We have a couple, uh, we have a couple games for you. Are you into, are you ready? You have to be into it. Are you ready? We are. We're very into it. <laughs> okay, good. All right. So you're going to be you're going to be competing in this first game, so we're just going to go back and forth. Uh, and here's what's going to happen. We are going to play you YouTube clips of some really well-known songs being played on some unconventional instruments. Your job is to identify the song uh, and maybe even the instrument being played. Uh, and we have links to all of these videos online. So, John, let's see, let's see how you go with this first one. maybe yes that is correct and that sounds like a like a it's not a it's not a metal it sounds like a wood flute like a uh-huh. all right like a, so yeah you have you have the mouth action perfect uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're blowing into a uh, but but the uh but it's not into a a woodwind it is a uh a glass bottle those are glass wow bottles. wow yeah cover yeah. me surprised I know. I know. That is performed by the Bottle Boys. Oh. They perform a, named. a lot of them. Oh, yes. Yeah. I H- guess. How many boys are there? There's four Bottle Boys, but they have 114,000 subscribers. Wow. Which is oh, what they, all right. What they, <laughs> yeah, they're real. This is real. That's, that's almost 30,000 subscribers each Bottle Boy. That's right. Yeah, exactly. It's a good ratio. It's a good ratio. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is there's no way we'll guess the second part of the answer <laughs> ever. Yeah, you know you know how it exactly. works. Exactly. You have exactly. it exactly. Wait, Skylar. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Skylar, here is one for you. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Brilliant. <laughs> Billy Eilish bad guy. Yes, it's Bad Guy, performed by Daniel Norberg. That is wild. Yeah. You you will be even more amazed if you know what the instrument is that it's being played on. A soprano kazoo is probably not far enough. (laughs) So what I will say is it's played on a kindergarten backpack zipper. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I don't know. Um, This is is definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing that you, you blow on. 
Uh, you, you would hold it between okay, your a thumbs. Okay, a piece of grass. Blades of grass. grass. That yeah. is correct. Okay, but that's, yeah, I think you helped me a little bit, so you might need to help John out a little more on the next round. Yeah, all right. I'll do it. <laughs> all right, funny. John. I'm excited about this next one. This is for you. Old Town Road, I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the bag. <laughs> Chad is on the sun. That's Old Town yeah. Road. That's Little yeah, Town Section. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old Town Road, that was by iMosdell Music. Okay, so and, those are, sounded like cats. Yeah, it's a cat, a cat keyboard. keyboard. It's a cat a keyboard. A cat keyboard. Mm-hmm. It's shaped like a cat's face. The keys are the cat's teeth. All right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Skylar, this is the last one and it's for you. Okay. Okay, so it's the Macarena. <laughs> that is right. Macarena by Los Del Rio, and it was performed by Midi Disaster. And it feels like it's played on like uh it's an old piece of technology. A printer? Dot matrix printer. A dot, dot matrix, matrix printer. printer. Remember okay. those? Yeah. They made that noise because they were just, well, there you go. That's why you don't it know. It's just it a niche. It's like, it's like for me, I'm like, look, and I lived through this. I had, uh, you know, the floppy disks and stuff in uh-huh. grade school and everything. Uh-huh. Yep. But I think like if you were, you know, if you gave me an AOL dial-up 1994 like post prodigy era internet. <laughs> yeah. That was really where I peaked. You know, that's when I was starting to really understand the technology. I gotcha. I gotcha. And I was thinking, you know, it used to be that the last place they were still there was airports. They would print ah. out, but I feel like that's long. Oh, they gone use these too. in Die Hard. I feel uh, the yeah. first Die Hard, exactly. or the airport, or the second Die Hard. Die Hard. Bruce Willis. Let's get Bruce Willis. Yeah. On the yeah, exactly. yeah. He knew it. He knew it. Guest. More with Skylar Aston and John Clarence Stewart after the break, plus comedians Cameron Esposito and Beth Stelling will hear breaking news reports from movie worlds. And a little later, Ken Jeong. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Discover. Any credit card can offer cash back, but only Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. It's like getting one of those birthday cards that's shaped like cash, so you already know there's cash inside before opening it. But in this case, it's stuffed with your first year cash back match, and you don't even have to send a thank you note. Cash back match only by Discover card. Learn more at discover.com match. Discover, something brighter. This message comes from NPR sponsor TD Ameritrade. There's no ROI on TMI. That's why TD Ameritrade created a learning experience that will actually learn with you. Curated from their vast library of exclusive content, it customizes to fit your investing goals, interests, and needs. So you get exactly the information you need and none of the information you don't. Get started at tdameritrade.com education. That's tdameritrade.com education. Hey, my name is Peter Sagal, and I'm here to help you with the most pressing problem facing civilization today. There are too many good podcasts to listen to. Now, why not avoid that whole problem by listening to an extremely silly podcast hosted by me? On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, it's wisecracks about the week's news, shenanigans, fart jokes, and general silliness. And doesn't that sound pretty great right now? Listen to the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me podcast from NPR. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and nearly impossible bonus point opportunities. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. We're playing games with actors Skylar Astin and John Clarence Stewart from the show Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. All right. Are you ready for another one? Yeah. Go. What you got? All right. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to tell you about a niche area of study. And you're just going to tell us if it's real, like something people actually study and try to specialize in, or if it's something we made up. So basically, this is real or fake. Uh, niche area of study. Okay, Skylar. Cryptozoology. That is the search for legendary creatures like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster. Is that real or fake? Is that a real or fake area of study? Let's, let's say it is a real thing. Yeah! That's right. 
It's a real area of study. Loch Ness monsters, obviously fake. Bigfoot, right. <laughs> obviously real. <laughs> so, and there you are. Yeah, pretty sure. Real. Pretty sure. Yeah. All right, John. The study of latrinalia, otherwise known as bathroom graffiti. Real. You are correct. That is real. And there have been uh, there are records of people uh, graffitiing bathroom areas since the first century A.D. First century uh, A.D. So <laughs> what was that graffiti? <laughs> For a good time, send a pigeon to Pliny the Elder. <laughs> oh man! All right, Skyler, slobotany, which is the hey. study of messes. Now, all right. See, you see how I play these games. It's pattern based, not mm-hmm. any like hunch. You're it's playing like a there were, we, I like it. Mm-hmm. We're due yeah. for a false. This one sounds so what it, it what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, On the nose. and you and I feel like NPR is a little smarter than that. I've gathered sure. now from solely this conversation. So I'm going to say false. You are correct. It that is totally false. We just made yeah. that up. Come on, too easy. Uh, hey, all right, John, last one. Hit me, go ahead. Zymergy, the study of beer and wine fermentation. Zymergy. Real or fake? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yeah. Yeah, that is real. That is a real thing. Uh sometimes uh, some beer enthusiasts are using the term zethology, which is the beer equivalent of enology, the study of wine. But, uh, mm. It's also easier to say when you're slurring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It might just be they're all drunk and they all say it differently because they can't Zithology. remember what it really is. Yeah. I'm a zoomologist. Get yeah, out I, was of here. With, I was with Hank last night. And he kept saying he was a zoomologist. <laughs> beer. They always say beer before liquor, zoomology. <laughs> liquor before beer, zithology. <laughs> So, uh, okay, so after two games, I think we can agree that you guys won. Just ultimately. Yeah. Ultimately, you won. I mean, yeah. You won all around, and we're amazing. So <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. Skylar Aston and John Clarence Stewart star in the musical comedy Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which is now in its second season on NBC and Peacock. Thank you so much for joining us. So fun. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> thank you for having us. Our next two friend tested are both stand-up comedians. Cameron Esposito hosts the podcast Query, and Beth Stelling's special Girl Daddy is on HBO Max right now. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Hello. Hey. Hi. 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 How's it going, Beth? I got in the, I fell off my bike really hard yesterday, and it hurts to breathe. <laughs> are you serious? What happened? Really? What happened? You can't really see. I just think it's going to be a huge goose egg. I iced it all last night. Oh, that's terrible. I hit so hard. With your noggin? I hit, like, my shoulder. But I just remember, like, and then I, I don't really remember is the issue. Did you, anyway, hit, that's, did you hit something or did you just? Uh... I think it was, like, going up a curb. Anyway. This sounds terrifying. <laughs> Do you want to bad. maybe get a? doctor no no cameron's my doctor okay good (laughs) i've been listening and i i don't feel worried yeah you're okay yeah do you know what's going to make you feel a lot better is playing some trivia games on an npr show i think you're right let's do it i would love to let's heal beth yeah this this show's gonna heal me so are you guys ready for a couple trivia games Yes. Jonathan and I will pretend to be news anchors reporting on bizarre scenarios from movies as if they were actual news events. Yep. You just you just have to guess the name of the movie. Okay. Okay? We're ready. All right, here we go. Cameron, I'm going to start with you. A day that began with optimism and whimsy took a tragic turn with four out of five children leaving a candy manufacturing tour maimed, traumatized, or covered in chocolate. One golden ticket winner told us she had to be turned into a giant blueberry. Sources familiar with the story said she had to be juiced by factory's orange singing employees. Uh, yeah, I think you're speaking of uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. 
the prequel to Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, as it's best known. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have never watched any of these because I began watching, I guess, the original when I was a child. I found it too scary. It and was then, scary. It was scary. I couldn't right. handle it. The dark was terrifying. Yeah, right? And then I thought I'd revisit it like last year, I think. And within five minutes, I was like, no, this is exactly, this, it's exactly wow. as It would be I like remembered. if the first thing you showed your kids of your hero, Robin Williams, was that one hour photo. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's like Gene, what's his name, is supposed to be like Gene the Wilder. most That's... iconic comedian of his time. And then he's like, welcome to a world. So frightening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Beth, this one is for you. At the highest levels of the monarchy, there appears to be no path to compromise on the issue of eternal winter. Still, Princess Anna spoke on the record, saying she hoped the queen would learn to, quote, let it go. Adele Nazim, starring in Frozen. (laughs) Correct. Yes. Sad. Sad tale. Sad tale. Also, (laughs) my my child of a five-year-old, he watched the first four minutes of that, which are frightening by the way. And he said, no, I don't so like no, this. Thank you. Yeah, Wait, they so, are or they aren't frightening? Well, parents get lost at sea. Is that what happens? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, it's yeah. yeah, the setup is, uh, it's terrifying. You're right. I mean, a lot of these Disney things are basically like, but, and then what if your parents were gone and never came back? You'd only That's... have us, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cameron. Uh-oh. The nation let out a collective sigh of relief today as astronaut Dr. Ryan Stone safely returned to Earth after a harrowing accident during maintenance of the Hubble Space Telescope. A NASA spokesperson described her journey as, quote, seemingly impossible from a scientific perspective. I believe we're talking about gravity prequel to The Martian. (laughs) That's correct. Yeah, exactly. Right. Where we find out that Space underwear is boy shorts. That's what I took away from the entire yeah, that, movie. I was with, the, <laughs> here's the thing. I was with it the whole time. And I'm not against seeing Sandra in underwear. But I was like, really, guys? You're just sitting, you're like, here's a great movie. Are you guys bored? <laughs> you know, like, it's just like. Wait, I don't remember. Why did she have to get There was into- no reason for it. <laughs> oh, this yeah. is, but yeah. it's really important to acknowledge here the, cinematic history behind putting a woman in her underwear in space at a time that it is not helpful or necessary to the story. Yeah. Perhaps the root of that entire cinematic trope mm-hmm. is the end of the movie Alien, yes. where Sigourney Weaver is about to go in the pod and take a long snooze, but then gets down to what are the closest underwear to a thong that you could wear besides Very it being a thong. underwear. And a crop top, and then that's when the alien comes back. And so for some reason, before it's shoved out the airlock, she's fighting it in her all the way mm-hmm. nudies. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, I think there's like some famous Carrie Fisher conversation of when she first got cast as Princess Leia in Star Wars that she uh, was told that in, in space there are no bras. Oh, sure. <laughs> right, then because she wears that there's metal. no gravity, so that's, those that's, are just... That's next, that's next movie. <laughs> All right, Beth, here is a question for you. Or rather, here is a fake newscast for you. <laughs> New information today on the monsters terrorizing the planet. Reports indicate that they are blind with incredibly sensitive hearing. In fact, it is probably not a good idea for me to be loudly reading this report, and I should switch to print journalism. Oh, looks like someone's here. Oh my gosh. I think I've seen this movie. Olivia or something wild or so- no, hold on. It's the guy. You're th- you're on the way. You're okay. on the way. There's you're a house. You're on the way. I get where you're going and you're on the way. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you. There's a house, There's yeah. a house and it's uh-huh. supposed to be quiet. Don't uh-huh. move a muscle. The quiet that- house. <laughs> the silent <Yeah>. home. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a cabin. So close, you're circling. The whole cabin's quiet. The whole cabin's yeah. quiet. It's called Silent Night. No. Silent Night. <laughs> These are all great okay, names. Hold on, They're hold all on. perfect. Okay. The Quiet Place. Yes, yes. A, a Quiet Place. That is correct. The, a Quiet Place. Wow, okay. that was you that you that was you were churning there and you got there. Very impressive. I don't like Knowing. scary movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I am scared of horror movies, but I am curious and fascinated by them. So I have a method, which is oh. watch the movie on a plane 
early yes. in the morning with the sound off, hmm. listening to something else. <laughs> oh, oh. And you actually find you derive some pleasure out of out of watching it? Do you get well, it? Well, at least I can participate in the zeitgeist. Right. One thing that I do know, one thing I do, or I guess a tip, like Cameron's, is after Get Out, for example, I used to look up everyone's headshot. Like, they're just a human. That you know what I mean? So, funny. Oh, so I just look at their headshot where they're like in like a boat neck tea, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. You guys did great. Thank you. Are you ready to play another game? Yes. Oh, I'm. this is what I've been thinking about for eight months. We're <laughs> <Okay>. ready. <laughs> right. And this is great because here's what I'm going to say to you Maps. Beth and terror. They're like, like, why are you saying maps to us? Maps? Because maps are very helpful. They help us figure out where we're going and where we are, but they are Mm -hmm. also, guess what? Liars. That's right, Beth. They are liars. So this is a multiple choice game called Erroneous Atlas. So here we go. All right, Beth, this is for you. It's multiple choice, okay? Yeah. So the Northern Hemisphere is depicted on the top of our everyday maps. Uh Why? Is it because, A, it's north and north is up? Is it, B, because it was drawn by people who live in the Northern Hemisphere? Or is it, C, because Santa lives there? Okay, they make it bigger because America's the worst and they want it to, like, look bigger, like they're a bigger world power and they lie. And and, in America, maps use filters. Okay, Without so that one view is drawn by people who live in the Northern Hemisphere. That's the one that you're... They, uh, they face-tuned the maps for the right. last hundred years. <laughs> okay. Yep. They should not be allowed. Yeah, it's basically because of it was drawn by people who live in the Northern Hemisphere. And they're self-centered. Uh, and, you know, basically... I mean, the, the short answer is colonialism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the short Did, answer um, to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's because... Is Aaron Sorkin on your writing team? <laughs> this is directly <laughs> a plot point in the West Wing. It's, you know, it's so interesting. He applied. We, he applied, but we... Uh, oh, we he, he didn't he, get yeah, the job? Yeah, we yeah. thought he was okay. Wow. Yeah, we thought he had a weak submission. He talked a lot. <laughs> Is the thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> you said sit down. It's a radio show. Stop moving. Yeah, stop. Will you just please? going to leave some space. Okay, Cameron, here's one for you. In 1921, a German cartographer created a new type of world map that is now commonly used in classrooms and by National Geographic. This map uses curved sides to minimize the three types of distortion, area, direction, distance. What is that map called? I think I know what you're talking about. Okay, good. Das Map! Das, das Map. <laughs> That's it. Uh, is it called, I'm going to give you a list here. A. Yeah, let's go with the list. Winkle Triple. B. Smirkle Double. C. Blinkle Quadruple. D. Rip Van Winkle. E. Wink Martindale. This is so hard. I'll be frank. We can throw out okay. Wink Martindale. Yeah, no, I know it's not Wink Martindale. Yeah, I think it's the first one. And you are correct. The Winkle Triple is named uh-huh. for its creator, Oswald Winkle, and the triple refers to area, direction, and distance. I miss those maps. When did they come about? I know what you're talking about. They're from what year? <laughs> yeah, those, you look at them and just be like, what? We Nin- didn't get that 1921. Map. 1921. Yeah, they did feel like what? they were more artistic. <laughs> 1921. Yeah. 1921. I did not see that map in school, I don't think. No? We Maybe saw them in the books. school. Yeah, I but the like main ones we saw were the pull-down maps in front of the chalkboard. That's they were just what I'm thinking. Flat, just pure mm-hmm. just flat. flat. All the way through. Yeah. All right, Beth. Many cities' public transit maps are intentionally simplified, including New York City's. Which of these things is deceptive about the New York City subway map? Is it A, the map is rotated about 30 degrees to make it look like Manhattan runs perfectly north to south, when in fact... It does not. B, Brooklyn and Queens are depicted as much larger than they actually are. Or C, it shows an imaginary place called Staten Island. <laughs> well, Staten Island is real, as told to us by Pete Davidson and Ted Apatow. <laughs> That's the first time I heard of, I've heard about it. Yes, they have a king. It's a monarchy situation. I, it's a free boat. No one will go. I do believe that it could be A and B, but I am going with... I'm going with A because uh, it's not. It doesn't run perfectly north south. That's but. exactly it. Yeah, it doesn't run. They just made it all nice and easy to follow. And um, also, the Manhattan subway stops are actually packed 
more densely than others, So, but they made them all kind of look more spaced out. That's like a real estate move. So this is why when you are coming from JFK on the train, you, you, it's been 75 minutes so far. You look, you couldn't be further in Queens. <laughs> You've know. actually gone, for, you, you, you went it backwards. looks as if the stops are all equidistant and you're going to be at wherever the, very so, soon. <laughs> but no. But you're not even, you haven't even smelled Manhattan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right, last one, Cameron. In 2012, Apple tried to compete with Google Maps by releasing its own map software, which ended up being so buggy that CEO Tim Cook apologized. Which of the following complaints was made after it was launched? A, Arizona tourism officials complained that the Grand Canyon was depicted at two-thirds of its actual size. B, they forgot Liechtenstein. C, Australian police complained that they had to rescue motorists who were accidentally directed into a remote part of the outback. Oh, I don't care about this one, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Apple Maps still sucks. Totally. It's there the worst. There is not a more useless <laughs> thing on the planet. I'd Stop rather it. just be lost listening to the U2 album you forced onto my phone. <laughs> one Beth use Apple saying Maps. my thoughts. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't remember. Did we get an answer? I don't think we did. <laughs> I don't think we got an answer. Oh, yeah, no, Cameron doesn't be. Cameron, just tell me. B. Arizona, just Liechtenstein, B. Australia. Oh, that's not, it's not. Okay, it's not Liechtenstein. Arizona. No, it's Australia. <laughs> People were getting lost in the outback. Yes. Trying to think of a, that's not a map joke, but that's as far as I got. <laughs> that's yep. good. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? You did it. You did another, you did two amazing games. Yeah, we did fantastic. Thank you so much. Cameron Esposito hosts the podcast Query and Best Stellings special Girl Daddy is on HBO Max. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, we had so much fun. I was happy to start my day this way. Absolutely. Beautiful. After the break, from the movie The Hangover, the series community, and the reality show The Mass Singer, the hilarious Ken Jeong will join us for a music parody game about the 90s, and I am 90% plus sure that you will love it. I'm Ophira Eisberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for Ask Me Another and the following message come from NerdWallet, a personal finance website and app that helps people make smarter money moves. Everyone has different money goals for 2021, whether it's improving your investment portfolio or building up reward points to take a post-pandemic vacation. The experts at NerdWallet know their users want to be well-informed when they are shopping. For example, to make it easier to discover and compare credit cards, they've created side-by-side comparison tables that show the pros and cons for each of the cards that you are considering. And they break things down by goal, whether you want to prioritize rewards, saving on interest, or build credit. All of the information is in one place, so you can make a decision that is right for your personal money goals. For all your money questions, turn to the nerds at nerdwallet.com. If you're never quite sure how to answer the question, Where are you from? NPR's Rough Translation might be the podcast for you. Yes, finally, someone else. Give us your accents and your origin stories, your cross-cultural misfits yearning to just be, and listen to Rough Translation on NPR. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, and here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. Today's special guest is the typical cliche Hollywood success story. He graduated from medical school, worked as a doctor while moonlighting as a comedian until the call of showbiz was too great, and then he became a full-time entertainer. He's appeared in the Hangover movies, the sitcom community, and now he's a panelist on the Fox reality shows The Masked Singer and The Masked Dancer. Ken Jung, hello! Hi, how are you doing? Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Hey, so, you know, I know that in high school, you came in second in a all-male beauty pageant, (laughs) which we will address in a moment, uh, impressing the judges partially because you were were doing a bit of a Hulk Hogan flex. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was a, it was called the Mr. Buccaneer pageant, and it was it was this like this mock male beauty pageant that was um all 
tongue in cheek and uh, you know I wasn't uh, I was always nerdy in high school but I was a I was a popular nerd I mean I don't think it's any different than kind of my my appeal right now it's it's pretty consistent <laughs> but I really never I I never outside of music I play piano and violin and I was known you know I was known to be academically sound and I was about to go to Duke University but um mm-hmm. in that one is kind of where I first kind of discovered you know the I guess the comedy my own comedy bug where you know we had a swimsuit competition and I was a little bit heavier than I am now and you know I would posing like Arnold Schwarzenegger and <laughs> you know just doing all these things and it and I got a standing O and and then I <laughs> yeah. sang it was crazy it was like my Napoleon Dynamite moment and I ended up uh singing uh Lionel Richie song the Commodores uh three times a lady on piano <laughs> And that got another standing O. So it was like a lot of standing O's that night for yep. Ken Jung at the Mr. Buccaneer pageant, <laughs> you know, in the You're late like, 80s. Yeah, it was, it was it was very surreal. And, and it did inform me um, when I went to Duke later on, I took an acting class, my an intro to acting class, a theater class my sophomore year. And I just loved it. I was pre-med and I just thought I'll be a doctor or, or, or be a scientist. And then I just discovered that I had an aptitude for performing. I thought that this would be kind of like a side story I could tell my kids. Like, you know, you know, I was the second chorus member of Kiss Me Kate back yeah. in the day. You know, I thought I'd be that guy, you know. Yeah. Oh, I kind of stole the scenes in the chorus in my day. You know, I, I thought I'd be that guy. Um, you know, while I'm in a biology lab or, or in a medical practice, and which I thought that was fine, but I do remember um, even the theater school saying, you know, we, we would, I think you can do both, and then and I I told them, yeah, they were really like, wow. we really think you could do Duke drama and do and be a pre med, and and I told them I'm not that smart, I'm not that, I mean, <laughs> I'm not that smart, I'm not that good. I appreciate the confidence. Uh, so you you started stand up in Raleigh. And while you were attending school, and uh, was it what you early sets at Charlie Goodnights? That's a good club. Yeah, maybe who knows? Maybe I met you there. <laughs> like, well, I'm one of the locals. Oh my god, that's one. That's a local trying to get in on my stage time. You know, you so, know. But this is while you are in school. Did people that knew that you were pursuing stand up and science were they coming to your shows? Yeah, I, 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 I would. Uh, I would actually beg a lot of my friends from high school and college to come because look, I need look. Just I just need ten people there. Just laugh at it, and I would just tell them. I literally just laugh at everything. I don't care if you think I'm funny or not. I don't care. Just laugh at everything, please. And then when you move to LA, you're practicing medicine and you're still doing stand up. Yeah. Are your patients coming to see you? <laughs> That's awkward. Look, I'll give you that MRI, but just cl- come to the laugh out there, yeah, please. I need ten. Yeah, I'll give you that I MRI. I mean, look, I'll I'll expedite the X-ray, but just look. I just I'm, I'm I got this really sweet bit at the Laugh Outcome Workshop, and I'm trying to get on premium blend. No, no, you're not going to. Yeah. Right, and you credit your wife with encouraging you to you oh. know go for full force into an acting and entertainment career. My wife literally is a reason. <laughs> she is literally the reason for my success. That's, that's very sweet. And yeah. uh, and she, yeah, she picked a winner, as it turns out, because yeah, you've right. done you've done tons of movies. You were in the NBC series Community. You've had your own you had your own show for two seasons called Doctor Ken. Now you're a panelist on the competition series that is so fun, The Masked Singer, and the new one, The Masked Dancer. Now, okay, so these shows. Uh, feature celebrity singer dancing to songs while wearing head-to-toe costumes and face masks that conceal their identities. And you, as the judge, you you are judging who is the best at that combination of things, right? I, I still don't know the rules of the game. That, that's amazing. Um, I think this can actually help me with subsequent seasons of both shows. What else do I need to do? And, but this this show is based on a series that that started in South Korea, and you actually performed uh, on the yeah, yeah. South Korean version of the Mass Singer. Um, you, you, I mean, you performed "Creep" by Radiohead. Interesting choice. Thank you for seeing that. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, did it give you appreciation for what these uh, people, celebrities, go through when they are doing this? It did. 
It yeah. really did early on. Um, I was promoting the American version, and um, unbeknownst to anyone, I flew out in secret to Korea, <laughs> and they, I stayed in my hotel room for all three days and had to wear a mask um, to get leave my hotel room and go uh, via car to the studio and then stayed in what basically would look like a college dorm room from like eight hours and just really stress about stress out about you know glamour this is like stressing out about my voice and because I know I'm not a professional singer I don't sing and uh, and then also being in a mask where you have limited visibility it, it was very uh, stressful and you and and I definitely uh, have a deep appreciation for every contestant uh, that goes on these shows and it's so much easier to be a panelist and have fun and set the tone of the show but it's another thing to be a contestant and it, it's incredibly hard and um, and I, I definitely I think that's why there's a lot of positive energy in the feedback of the mm. judges and I think the new version the mass dancer is actually infinitely harder would you it say that yeah yeah no it, it, it's it's harder I mean just thank God for Paula Abdul you know, for a lot of reasons. If it wasn't for Paula, I, I don't know if we would be able to have a show, you know, because she really helps lead us into kind of kind of dissecting where to go and, and how to kind of follow her kind of algorithm of thought in terms of dance breakdown. Is this someone who's professional? Is this an actor who, you know, maybe has a background in dance? Or is this someone mm-hmm. who's a who's a TV personality that's having fun. Trying to dance. That's trying to dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? That would be and, and my competition That would be my, yeah, that would called, be Are exactly you trying my, to dance? Myself included. <laughs> so, you know, Ken, before the show, when we asked you, you know, what are you into? What kind of things would you like a game about? Uh, you told us that you love rock bands from the 90s. Yeah, very specific. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and this game is called Other 90s. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we changed the lyrics to classic '90s songs to make them about things that happened in the '90s, but of some other century. So that's right. That's right. So it could happen 1890s, 1790s. <laughs> 1690s, all of the 90s. I should have been specific in my writer. I meant 1990s. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so all you have to do is tell me what I'm singing about, or you can tell me the artist that I'm parodying, and you will get a point. But okay. the chances are we'll give you a point anyway, so don't worry. Okay, and there's no extra worries. credit if you want to uh, guess the century as well, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's right. Extra extra credit for the century. <laughs> Okay, this is the here best we go. response to a game we've ever oh, had, Ken. It's so cra- I love it. Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> smart. So good. Okay, here we go. Here's your first right. one. I'm a detective. I work for Scotland Yard. Deductive reasoning and logic. It's not hard. It's something elementary. And in the end, I'm right. Poor Watson, he just isn't quite as Okay, uh, that is Green Day as Good Riddance, and That's right. you're you are singing about um, Sherlock Holmes, and I believe it is would be the 1890s. Yeah, yes. you, you got them all. Absolutely you got correct. All of the possible just, points. All of them. I want the mixtape of this. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, this is going very well so far. Oh, my goodness. I haven't laughed this hard in a while. This is really funny, man. This is so good. I'm very happy to hear that. That's oh what we goodness. strive for. Okay, here's another one. <laughs> the bowl is empty. The valve is working, yay. The water carried. All of my poop away. Oh man. Um okay, that is that is whole and is. um and uh singing about uh <laughs> about sewage <laughs> and maybe a, 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 the invention of the of the toilet or yeah, that is or, or, or or a flushing yeah. toilet or something. Yep. Technically we're the first description of a flush toilet. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um and I'll try to guess would it be is it the 1790s? I'm just going by century by process of elimination. I don't even know. 
No, I I wouldn't know this either. It's actually the 1590s. Really? First, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm not really? sure. I'm not so sure that uh, flush toilets were fully uh, you know deployed. 1590s <laughs> uh, though. The that's... first description of a flushing toilet in the 1590s. Well, I, right. Yeah, you... I, I did I did not know that. And, so, <laughs> well, I think we not a all 90s like... reference, but an 80s Johnny Carson. <laughs> <reference. laughs> it's just that the toilet hasn't changed enough in 400 years. I guess that we're like really guess, yeah. right. That's like part of it. You're like really 1590s. That old. I still I the same. Ex- I was expecting more. especially those Delta brands. Am I right, guys? They have yeah. changed a bit. Oh boy, they're they're like not refreshing in their sameness. Okay, great. All right. Uh, please, okay, please here. play anything, please. This is so good. Here, here it comes. With the lights out, sleep's desired, but the kids say they're not tired. Okay, that is, oh my God, it's so good. Um, Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, and talking uh-huh. about, um, um, gosh, this is, I really don't know. It's uh, Old Mother Hubbard went to the cupboard. Oh, oh, just like these... Mother, I mean. Um, yes, 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 say mother, that. Say... Just Mother Goose? Talk? Yes. Mother Goose okay. stories, that is yeah. correct. Man, I haven't even thought of the word Mother Goose. Nor did like, I. In decades, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. That uh, is genius. <laughs> um, um, do you want to make a guess as to the century? Oh yes. Um, Which nineties hmm. it was? Was not nineteen nineties. Yeah. <laughs> Predated nineteen nineties. Didn't it premiere after the nanny? Um, <laughs> yes, right. But was uh, it? Was it? I. Hmm, I know. I'm. I'm I would. I wouldn't say, know this for sure. I'm gonna say 1790s. I don't know. You're very close. It was the oh, 1690s. 1690s. Wow, mm-hmm. that's been a wow. Yeah, man, that's yeah. so. That is not that as is old ed- as the flush toilet, but almost. Not a, <laughs> that's the only thing I'm gonna think about after this interview. <laughs> you know, honey, <laughs> I'll just go talk to my kids. You know, I'll be like Cliff Clavin, another <laughs> 90s reference. Of cheers. Yeah. Little known fact here is that the. Uh, Mother Goose stars, uh, you know, not as old as a toilet. So, <laughs> anyway. What are you talking about, Dad? What are you talking, <laughs> are you talking about? about, Dad? Are you talking about NPR Ask Me Another Again? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yet to hear from Father Goose. I'm just pointing <laughs> that out. Yet Father to Goose. hear. Good point. Yet Good to point. hear. Not around. <laughs> went, out, went out for cigarettes and never came back. Exactly. <laughs> Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> All right, here's another one. You ready? You ready, Please. Ken? Yes. Smoky brown booze in my glass today. Single malt hooch in my glass today. There you go. It's it's come full circle. It really has. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's Pearl Jam. That's Jeremy. Which that's is right. Brilliant. Um, uh, talking about. Uh, alcohol or prohibition? I don't know. Uh, uh, smoky brown booze. Smoky brown. S- looking for a specific, uh, specific kind of alcohol. Oh, the best is single malt. Many will tell you. I'm more of a Heineken light guy myself. <laughs> okay, got it. And got uh, it. it's I hear like you. Um, I hear you. you know. <laughs> so <laughs> we were looking for whiskey, only... but we will accept Heineken light. Yeah, I only accept. Heineken White for my endorsement agent. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Yeah, no, this was the first uh, first whiskey production, first evidence of uh, oh. Scotch whiskey production oh. uh, was in this 90s. Do you want to make a guess as to the uh, um. century? I'm going to tell you this. It predates the toilet. Predates the toilet, that's for sure. <laughs> really? 1490s? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. on the timeline, it's whiskey, toilets, Mother Goose. <laughs> All right, here's the, here's the very last one. Here we go. That's me with my colleagues <laughs> from Europe and Russia here in low Earth orbit trying Search stuff, and I just hope that I can do it. Things float away from me. 
we drink recycled pee. <laughs> okay, this is REM losing my religion That's and right. astronaut in space. I don't know. I mean, it's uh-huh. just yep. it just uh, yes, and the and the International Space Station in, was actually launched in. What what century do you think? Okay, it's got hit 1990s. And, 1990s. Uh, yes, that's right. Yes. That's right. Oh, oh my goodness! This is kudos to you guys. This is this is honestly the best hybrid of 90s songs and centuries 90s guesswork I've ever heard in my that's, life. That's and I very mean nice that to with hear. all my heart. Big props to our writers and specifically Definitely. Karen Lurie, uh, who wrote this game. Oh my and goodness! A lot of our music parodies uh, to great staff, and obviously this one went over very this, well. So this makes me so happy. You have yeah, no that's idea. wonderful. That's Thank amazing. You. Can you put a mask on it, and then we can just make a million dollars? I'm ready. Anytime. Just put a mask on this, guys. Mask me another. That's mask how we do another. this, guys. Oh, it writes itself. Thank you. Oh, this is such a pleasure. Ken Jong is a panelist on the series The Masked Dancer. Thank you just so much for joining us. Oh, thank you both. Just, uh, wow, this has made my day. <laughs> You're very welcome. And you have made ours. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. The Masked Dancer airs Wednesdays on Fox. And that's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Julia Melfi and senior writers Eric Feinstein, Andrew Kane, and Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kara Weinberger. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Nancy Seichow, James Farber, Ramel Wood, and our intern Sophie Hernandez Simeonitas. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our bosses' bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. Thanks to our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, you're still listening. Fantastic. So since you're still here... Why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We'd love to hear from you, and it also helps others find out about our show. For information about new episodes, bonus videos, and more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks! Next time on Ask Me Another, actor Keegan-Michael Key chats about his new audio series, The History of Sketch Comedy, and he helps us update the titles of Shakespeare plays to improve search engine optimization. Because you know what? There might still be people out there who haven't heard of the bard. You know, Shakespeare. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. Questions.